I warned you a few weeks back uh, that you would hear this more than once, and you're going to hear it again today. Before there can be a fresh move of God on any corporate level, there must be a fresh move of God in the hearts of individual believers. And I just want to emphasize that to you again today. And before I go any further... Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of take a deep dive into your own heart uh, today. And uh, one of the things that will help you with that, if you're willing to accept that challenge, is that a four-by-six card uh, and a pencil. If you came in and you did not get a four-by-six card and a pencil or you did not have a writing utensil, if you'll raise your hand while I'm kind of doing my intro, uh, Mark will make sure you have one. If you get it or if you get one and you decide you don't want to do it, that's up to you. That's your call. So, all right. We'll explain that in just a moment. Don't uh, start writing notes yet. Um, after listening to my previous two messages, um, I decided to go back and clarify something. As I listen, I realize I may have unintentionally given the impression that the reason we need to seek a fresh move of God in our hearts is so that there will be a fresh move of God around us that will correct everything that's wrong in the world around us. And that was not necessarily the impression I think I should have been given. And so I want to clarify, in my opinion, you're welcome to disagree, the reason we need a fresh move of God in our own individual hearts is so that we individually can become more fully aligned with God's will and God's purposes in our lives while drawing ever closer to him. It's not about fixing out there. It's about fixing right here. And if we fix right here, the rest of that stuff will fall into place. It's very, very, very tempting for me to focus out there. So there's a thought. Secondly, I would suggest the reason we need a fresh move of God in our hearts is so that his power flows through us to see men and women Boys and girls enter into a real, life-changing, personal love relationship with God. It is about helping people find Jesus. And personally, over the past 18 months of the chaos in our country, I've sometimes lost sight of that being the main thing. We don't need all the problems in our world fixed according to our expectations. We need people, including ourselves, to simply and seriously get right with God and daily strive to stay right with God in each and every situation. That's where I think my focus needs to be, and that may be the case for you. As a quick sidebar comment, um, I just want to point out that I scheduled these messages way back in mid-August. This is not something I just decided uh, this week, hey, I want to do this. But today's message is going to come from an article called The Heart God Revives. And it, Nancy DeMoss, I think she now is married and may have a different last name, uh, but some of you are familiar with her work and her writing. She works with a ministry called Life Action Ministries. So she wrote an article called The Heart That God Revives. And I decided to share this on this date back in mid-August before we left on our time of respite. The format, and I know I've said this several times, but the format today is going to be different. 
And I just ask you to give it a chance. It may be weird. It may be uncomfortable. Um, but I think it has potential to have significant value if God wants to use it in your life. And I cannot guarantee you that God wants to use it in your life. I can tell you um, he's used it to stretch me. Um, and I'll tell you now, when I'm done, I will make the entire article available. But for now, I just want you to read, listen, and follow along. And what I'm going to have you do, uh, and for those listening online uh, or looking to sermon.net, um, I will try to connect a PDF to the sermon.net location so you can actually have a copy of the article that way or uh, email the church and we'll email it to you if you want to work through it in your personal time. But what I want you to do today is just follow along and keep a simple tally scorecard. So if you're listening on your own, grab a piece of paper. Uh, if you're here, take that three by five card. And what I would have you do is just make two columns by drawing a line down the middle. Two columns. All right. Very simple. All right. And on top of the left column, uh, I would encourage you to write Proud people. Proud people. And on the top of the right column, write broken people. All right. Simple, right? Good stuff. All right. That was the easy part. Psalm 51.17 says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. Psalm 139, verse 23 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If you are willing, and again, this is totally up to you, but if you're willing, I invite you to join me in a very simple prayer of preparation. What I invite you to do, don't do it yet so I can show you, what I invite you to do is simply close your eyes, bow your heads, and take your hands and hold them like this. All right? So again, close your eyes, bow your heads. I'm going to pray a prayer. Uh, you don't have to pray it out loud. You may choose not to pray it. It's entirely up to you. But uh, to me, this is a moment of preparation um, in case God wants to speak to you through this time. Um, God, I come humbly before you in this moment. And I ask you to open up my heart and open up my mind to receive the unique word that your Holy Spirit has for me in this moment today. I ask this in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, what we're going to do very quickly, and I'm going to cook through these, um, but I'm going to put up 30 different pairs of descriptions. And each pair will describe... Proud people and broken people. And all I ask you to do right now is put a check mark on one column or the other as it relates to your life. So your eyes on your paper, your eyes upon your heart. And I need to say, because this is 
part of my battle. Resist the temptation to overthink each pair. Because I found myself getting caught in this swirl of thinking through it. Resist the temptation to overthink it. I understand that for many of us, we may respond one way in one situation uh, and differently in other circumstances. However, for this exercise, just pick the one that, that best describes you overall. All right? Understand? Check mark on each column when you're done. Should have a total of 30 check marks. Hopefully you have some in each column. All right? I mean, it'd be awesome if you don't have any in the proud column. Uh, and if so, you can preach next week. Um, so anyway. <laughs> All right, here we go. Maybe. Proud people focus on the failures of others. Broken people are overwhelmed with a sense of their own spiritual needs. And again, the only reason I'm reading this is because some people may be listening and can't read. I know you could read it for yourself. All right. Next. Proud people... Have a critical fault-finding spirit. Look at everyone else's faults with a microscope, but their own with a telescope. Broken people are compassionate, can forgive much, because they know how much they have been forgiven. Proud people are self-righteous, look down on others. Broken people esteem others better than themselves. Proud people have an independent, self-sufficient spirit. Broken people have a dependent spirit, recognize their needs for others. Proud people have to prove they are right. Broken people are willing to yield the right to be right. And those of you who were here last week and heard my illustration about Amazon.com and fingernail clippers uh, know where I landed on that one. Proud people claim rights, have a demanding spirit. Broken people yield their rights, have a meek spirit. Proud people are self-protective of their time, their rights, their reputation. Broken people are self-denying. Proud people deserve desire to be served. Broken people are motivated to serve others. Proud people desire to be a success. Broken people are motivated to be faithful and make others a success. Proud people desire self-advancement. Broken people desire to promote others. Proud people have a drive to be recognized and appreciated. Broken people have a sense of their own unworthiness, are thrilled that God would use them at all. Proud people are wounded when others are promoted and they are overlooked. Broken people are eager for others to get the credit and rejoice when others are lifted up. Proud people have a subconscious feeling this ministry, church, is privileged to have me and my gifts. Think of what they can do for God. Broken people have a heart attitude that says, I don't deserve to have a part in any ministry. Know that they have nothing to offer 
accept, offer God, accept the life of Jesus flowing through their broken lives. Proud people feel confident in how much they know. Broken people are humbled by how very much they have to learn. Proud people are self-conscious. Broken people are not concerned with self at all. Proud people keep others at arm's length. Broken people are willing to risk getting close to others and take risk of involving, of loving intimately. Proud people are quick to blame others. Broken people accept responsibility and can see where they are wrong in a situation. Proud people are unapproachable or defensive when criticized. Broken people receive criticism with a humble, broken spirit. Proud people are concerned with being respectable, with what others think, work to protect their own image and reputation. Broken people are concerned with being real. What matters to them is not what others think, but that God knows and are willing to die to their own reputation. Proud people find it difficult to share their personal spiritual needs. Broken people are willing to be open and transparent with others as God directs. Proud people want to be sure that no one finds out when they have sinned. Their instinct is to cover up. Broken people don't care who knows or finds out, are willing to be exposed because they have nothing to lose. Proud people have a hard time saying, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? Broken people are quick to admit failure and seek forgiveness when necessary. Proud people tend to deal with generalities when confessing sin. Broken people are able to acknowledge specifics when confessing their sin. Proud people are concerned about the consequences of their sin. Broken people are grieved over the root of their sin. Proud people are remorseful over their sin. Sorry they got found out or caught. Broken people are truly, genuinely repentant over their sin, evidenced by the fact or in the fact that they forsake that sin. Proud people wait for the other to come and ask forgiveness when there is a misunderstanding or a conflict in a relationship. Apologize for the misspelling there. Broken people take the initiative to be reconciled when there's misunderstanding or conflict in relationships. They race to the cross to see if they can get there first, no matter how wrong the other may have been. Proud people compare themselves with others and feel worthy of honor. Broken people compare themselves to the holiness of God and feel a desperate need for his mercy. Proud people are blind to their true heart condition. Broken people walk in the light. Proud people don't think they have anything to repent of. 
broken people realize they have a need of a continual heart attitude of repentance. Proud people don't think they need revival, but are sure everyone else does. Broken people continually sense their need for a fresh encounter with God and for a fresh filling of his Holy Spirit. The heart God revives. I'm not going to go into a lot of personal detail, but I will tell you that for me, it's been very humbling every time I've gone through that. And I've done it more than once in the past six weeks. It repeatedly challenged me to fret less about what others are doing and to get serious about dealing with my stuff. It's amazing to me, for me, maybe totally different for you, how incredibly high my capacity was to deceive myself into thinking that I was a rather humble and not a prideful person. But then as I began to work through that, um, it was a wake-up call for me. Perhaps not for you, and that's awesome, and I celebrate that in all seriousness. But for me... I was reminded as I worked through that, and I looked at my two columns, proud people and broken people. I was reminded of these words from James. But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. James 4, this is 6, and that's this is 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. As I said last week, we have an incredibly gracious and loving Heavenly Father, our God and our Creator. But He is also a God to be revered and, yes, feared. And as I think about all that I look at God as, the thought of Him opposing me, literally opposing me, because of the pride in my heart, I thought, you know what? That's something I need to work through. And I'll be honest with you, I suspect it will be, if I'm willing to do the work, I suspect it's something that I could work through for the rest of my days and always be striving to gain. Obviously, I have no idea how any of you scored yourselves. But I want to say very clearly, please don't be discouraged and please don't settle for less than what God wants for you. Most of us will be somewhere on the continuum. And as I said, most of us will probably be somewhere on that continuum for all of our days. And as I share this, my biggest concern was you'd leave here feeling so beat up and discouraged that there isn't any motivation to try. But that's why Jesus died, so that we don't have to fight these battles on our own. But to realize, he gives us the power to change. Whether you had just a couple on the proud list or a bunch, 
I invite you to take a couple of simple steps. As I indicated, I will have copies of that whole checklist for you to take with you. And if you're willing to lean into this, I encourage you to take one. And then find a quiet moment in the next day or two. And prayerfully go back through the list. And you can move from simple check marks on a blank paper to kind of circling the ones that you would have checked. Indicating those areas where you personally are inclined toward pride. And like I said, I could look at a lot of situations and say, well, you know, here, okay, I'm not, and here I am. That's the time for you to dive into some of those things. But as you've taken a sheet, as you've looked through the sheet, and just mark the ones that God stirs in your heart to mark. And then as you've done that, take a moment, take that list, and simply ask God to highlight just one. 30 things on the list, maybe you checked 15. Look at the 15 and just say, you know, you can even do the, show me which one, God. My concern, if I did that, I'd say, show me one, and I'd go with four fingers and get a lot. But anyway, <laughs> but but just pick one. Don't get overwhelmed. Just pick one that you believe God would have you address. And then invite the Holy Spirit to partner with you in moving forward. Amen. One step at a time. Amen. To where in a month or six months or a year from now, if you were to pull this out and do it again, the results would be different in a positive way. And after you pick that one and you invite the Holy Spirit to come and empower you and work with you and partner with you, then just make a prayerful determination that you'll repeat that process as necessary. And just keep tenderizing your heart to become all that God created it to be. Because can I just say, God did not send Jesus to the cross to die for your sin so that he would in turn oppose you because of a proud heart. He sent Jesus to the cross to pay for your sin so that your heart could become a place where he could freely reside and relish walking with you. And that's what he wants for us. Please pray with me. Father, you you understand how uneasy I have been with sharing these thoughts. But you also know how clear it was to me that the thoughts had value and merit. And Father, you and I have talked if we went through all this just because you wanted to deal with my stuff, I I thank you. But if you want to use this to help anyone or everyone who hears this to deal with their stuff, then I pray that you'd help us individually to partner with you in the process. That over time, every one of us would increasingly have 
a heart that is being daily revived by you, Father. Because that's what you want. You don't have any desire to oppose us. You have a deep, loving desire to partner with us in shaping our heart into what you created it to be. So, Father, as we continue today in our service, and I think about the music that the worship team has selected and prepared, I pray that you would use each song that is so incredibly fitting to continue to stir in the hearts that your Holy Spirit has already begun to work in. And that, Father, it is my unashamed prayer that everyone would leave here today with the determination to attack one prideful area of their heart with the, under the empowerment of your spirit. Thank you, Father.